You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are so grateful that you are joining us this morning. It has been certainly an inspirational, uplifting first hour. Um, and we've got a, certainly a power-packed power second hour here, at least in my opinion. We've got a wonderful... Wonderful guest. I'm, I'm Brad Ray, joined by my co-host. Yeah, Janine Bitson, and it is. So for our listening area, uh, this next hour, we're going to have two very special guests stay with us for mm-hmm. the whole hour. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, you know, a half hour, 15 minute segment. But the story we're bringing to you now, please stay tuned. Please, if you have an hour to give to listen to Real Presence Radio, you're not going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have we're joined now by uh, Ken and Marianne Dupong. They uh, they look very familiar to me for some reason. I, I have different names for them. I call them Mom and Dad. <laughs> yes, uh, you guys are well. So um, Ken and Marianne are my my mother and father in law. I've just been extraordinarily blessed to marry into such a an extraordinary family as the Dupongs, and we're grateful to have you guys on with us this morning. Thanks for being here. <laughs> so um we've got you guys in studio because there's there's some uh, kind of exciting happenings really for our country uh over the the last couple months here michelle our our beloved michelle my sister-in-law your daughter uh her cause was open for canonization back in june and uh this is a pretty extraordinary thing this this doesn't happen all the time right right yeah <laughs> Yeah, so you guys, um, so I guess as we're getting started, Michelle's story has been told in bits and pieces at various national uh, journals over these last couple months, uh, but I, I, we've got kind of a, a great opportunity to just talk about what the Lord God uh, has given to us uh, personally, but also to the church, really, to uh, all of us who are seeking to follow Christ. And so I think it'd be a great opportunity for us as we're getting started to just tell us a little bit about yourselves, your family, and you know what you know, who Michelle was growing up and, and how, how this all started off. So, Marianne, tell us a little bit about yourself first. Well, I grew up close to the Hamar Sherry. my husband, very close. And so you would think we hadn't moved far from our home, but we actually did. After I hmm. left high school, I was uh, studied in Chicago, and we lived our first year of marriage in Iowa. We lived in Denver for 11 years and ended up back at Haymarsh in 1985. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. How about, how about you, Ken? Well, I grew up uh, real close to Haymarsh. I went to grade school at Haymarsh. Uh, we had the Sisters of the Holy Cross at the school. And I went to, well, I, I lived about two and a half miles from there. Anyhow, uh, when I went to college, I went to NDSU, and I got a degree in engineering, and then I went to work in Iowa for a couple of years at Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and then uh, we moved, we took a vacation to Colorado, and uh, we decided to move to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Just lost the map to get back, huh? <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, we lived there for 11 years, and we had... Uh, Four children at that time. Michelle was just a year old. She was born in Colorado. Anyhow, we moved back to Haymarsh. My my uh, uncle's farm came up for sale, and 
that's where we moved to then, <clears throat> just a quarter mile from the Haymarsh Church. So that's kind of yeah. so how, have, we, how we ended up there. You wound up back home. Uh, you guys have the, the six kids, right? So, yes. Marianne, tell us a little bit about the, about the kids. Yes, we had one son and five daughters. So mm-hmm. we, um, we have quite a few in, in the Fargo area, yep. obviously Brad and Lisa Gray, and then our son Jeff and Marissa um, in South Fargo, and our daughter Kayleen and Kyle Yeager that um, are yeah, in the area also. Yep. We have one daughter and her husband, Nate. So that would be Sarah and Nate down in Plymouth, Minnesota. And, and it's actually Sarah's birthday today, right? Yes, today is. Happy birthday, Sarah. <laughs> and um, then, well, we had Michelle and our one daughter that came back to us at the farm at a very providential time in yes. 2014 was Renee. And she has continued to live with us at the farm. It's been such a great blessing. Yeah. And I got to say, you guys have such an awesome family. It's been such a privilege for me to get to be a part of the family. It's it's always a joy and a privilege to, to get to go back and just live in this environment. You guys have cultivated really a Catholic environment throughout the whole uh, you know upbringing of your family. You guys have the farm, but you also bring other people in to help out with the farm. And you have the kind of a Catholic culture. You'll have young men and women come help out at the farm. And I, I know for me, my oldest daughter, Mary Therese, was so impacted when she came back for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think it was going into her senior year of high school, either into or, or just out of. Um, but just the, the environment that she was brought into with, with young men that were virtuous, that were striving for holiness, young women that were after that same thing, a good hard work ethic. Um, that's that's the environment that, that you guys have cultivated and that has been such a, a blessing for for so many of us. So I want to thank you guys for that. Well, tell us, tell us, Marianne, about your daughter Michelle. You know, what was she like as a child? Oh, we were so blessed. We, we as parents, six children, we never really had a, a, a difficult time with during those teenage years, but. And Michelle, in particular, when I look back, such a, an easy child. Mm. She was so disciplined. She was all about getting her work done, whether it was schoolwork or the jobs we gave her on the farm. She just took it so seriously. I'll, I'll get my work done. I'll play later. Mm. And you guys want to goof off? You goof off. But I'm, <laughs> I'm working. You know? And she was just, just uh, easy. I, it, it, mm. I, I don't know how we were just so blessed. Yeah. So Ken, what, what was it? What do you recall about Michelle growing up? Well, she just uh, pitched in when she was little. Uh, we had sheep, and uh, they fed the bottle lambs, and, mm-hmm. and they had to herd the sheep around the yard because we didn't have when we first moved there. We didn't have any fences to keep them in, and they kind of had to keep the keep the sheep out of the fields <laughs> and and feeding them and and they had little pets and 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 on the downside they knew what it was like uh when the coyotes came in and oh, killed sure. sheep and <laughs> and they lost their little one little bottle lamb that they had <laughs> but uh yeah she uh, michelle she helped uh i remember her out with our old white four-wheel drive, driving the tractor and working fields and things like that. And and uh, so she she pitched in whenever we needed help. And 
and uh, yeah, I remember yeah. one of the things that I I love about being back with you guys is that you you also cultivated just kind of a joyful familial musical sort of environment. Like you come back, you guys would host the the um, the hoedowns, right? Or what, what, <laughs> holiday hoedowns. Immersed holiday hoedown. <laughs> and, and all the kids would participate in that, right? They well, each we, have their- we were so pleased that they wanted to continue it when they grew up. But yeah. what happened when they were younger, and as our parents were aging, we tried to... Uh, they didn't weren't able to attend their school programs and concerts, so we would say at Christmas time we have all the, the relatives over and... Kids do whatever you want to do, and they would play their instruments, and they would sing, and mm-hmm. and if some of them say they couldn't do that, well, maybe they knew how to play do a yo-yo or whatever. But it was fun, and we then brought in other senior citizens that didn't have family mm-hmm. for making their holiday a little more special. So it was a fun thing, and they carried on. They've carried on. It's been fun. And that's so wonderful that you had the prayer life together, you had the work life together, but you also had the fun times together. Mm-hmm. And it's such a important thing to integrate all of those important things in life. Absolutely. So what uh, for you guys, you have the experience of raising kids on a farm in, in a family setting. It's, it's different than raising them in, a, in the city. That's why you moved back from from the Denver area, right? I mean, there was a different environment, and you you came back to a farm. Tell us a little bit, Ken, about like what what you desired for your family then uh, in leaving Colorado to come back to the farm. Well, just <clears throat> growing up on a farm, we knew what it was like. Uh, uh, just all the things that went on with the farm, mm-hmm. but when we lived in a city, it just was different. I mean. Uh, there wasn't the back to nature stuff to mm. to learn what growing things were and raising animals and all that stuff uh in the city you just didn't have that mm-hmm. and when we moved back, it was tough <laughs> uh starting out on a farm uh but the kids all pitched in and and they learned so much as far as the like our three of our kids got degrees at NDSU in horticulture mm-hmm. and they to this day they all still like uh, plants and growing things yeah and, and just nature is I mean there's actually I just finished up a course at the Theology of the Body Institute this last week and it was there was such an emphasis on being in contact with reality like there's so much right now of getting stuck in screens and getting stuck in the artificial um, that there's just a power of being connected to reality. And I think that that's something that flowed over into Michelle's life. Yeah, and, and we need to take a quick break, Brad. But on the other side of the break, I would love to talk about that more, about mm-hmm. you know being interconnected with the, the gift of the environment that mm-hmm. God has given us. Uh, it's just so vitally important for our own peace and um, realization of who we are in God's in God's salvation history. So please stay tuned with us on Real Presence Live. We're going to take a quick break, and on the other side of the break, we'll be visiting more with Ken and Marianne Dupong, uh, talking about their daughter, Michelle, and her journey into sainthood. That's right. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson, and I'm joined by Brad Gray. We're having a fantastic conversation with Ken and Marianne Dupong about their daughter, Michelle Dupong, and her, her recently opened up uh, process of sainthood. Uh, but before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, that hard work on the farm and going from city back to farm life and, and a lot of difficulties that you were talking about, Ken, but also so much beauty and peace. Uh, you know, just really being totally trusting on the Lord, really, to provide through the land. And uh, it's it's great beauty. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Well, <clears throat> All farmers pretty much know uh, you pretty much depend on God because mm-hmm. that's where the best things come from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if without rain, you have nothing. And you can put everything you have into it, but if you don't get the things from God, uh, you just have nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, farming, you get uh, ups and downs, you get hailstorms, and you get... The rain when you need it sometimes, and and <laughs> you just uh, kind of learn to depend on on God. And uh, I can't help but think that that helped to form Michelle a little bit in her reliance on God and her trust in God. Just that farm life mm-hmm. and the the experiences maybe she had growing up, you know, uh, in that situation, in that lifestyle, I should say. Yeah, just seeing your plants when you plant 
things and when they start coming out of the ground and it's just uh it's just new life and and uh the same with animals when they're born and mm-hmm. it's just everything uh yeah it's just all all depends on god <laughs> i think michelle came out of that environment where there's obviously you guys go through this as about as a family it's not just the farm it's the entire family that's like okay this is what where we are right now we're dependent upon the lord and that's kind of just helped to form her right as she went off uh into college into the world right Marianne? right it's a, a family effort mm-hmm. we need everyone all hands on deck yeah. and they're long days hard days you don't have to look for sources of keeping your kids occupied because yeah. there's so much in front of your plate yeah. so that they learned responsibility they learned appreciation they were yeah, they knew where their food come came from, and they would know how to grow it to this day because yeah. of those experiences. So as Michelle then went off to NDSU, um, she's put into a new environment here. What was that like for her? Was she was she nervous? Was this like was she just like I'm just going to accept each new challenge as it comes? And and I mean, because there's this is joyfulness about her, a resiliency, right? Well, it was a huge benefit that. All our children attended in NDSU, so her older siblings mm-hmm. got involved when they got to, to the campus at the Newman Center. And what a blessing. What mm-hmm. a blessing. As parents, we never had to worry who or where our kids were with. Mm-hmm. They hung out at the Newman Center from day one, and that was a beautiful gift. And I think it wasn't even question, where else are we going to go to school? They loved seeing their older siblings, starting with our son Jeff, giving his example of his involvement, and they wanted that too. So they didn't look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And when they got to the Newman Center, they bloomed. Yeah. Their faith bloomed. I am so grateful, so appreciative of that NDSU Newman Center. And I tell so many parents that send their kids there, please, please have their students their, their sons and daughters check out the Newman and, and the activities there because, again, it was such a blessing not to have to worry. Where are they? Who are they hanging out? Who's having the greatest influence on them? Mm-hmm. They, were, they were in good hands. Yeah, yeah. It, the NDSU Newman Center, I can vouch for St. Paul's Newman Center as well with our kids. And we have two marriages in the family that were a result of them going to you know NDSU and yeah. attending events at the Newman yeah. Center. And I'm sure you can relate mm-hmm. to that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Michelle never showed any anxiety about going or about being there. And when focus came in, she she just took it hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. She wanted those holy hours. She wanted daily mass. She learned and developed this deep prayer life, a relationship with Jesus that she carried through the rest of her life. Mm. Again, such a huge, huge impact and blessing for her. Yeah, what was and that like for you, Ken, uh, as a dad, seeing your daughter go off and really come to a deeper appreciation of her faith, to claim that, to not fall in an environment where so many young men and women are falling? Well, <laughs> with uh, me, it just, uh, there was really no worry. Hmm. That was the biggest thing. We didn't worry about what our kids were doing mm-hmm. because they were so involved with the Newman Center and with their faith mm-hmm. that we knew that they're going to have protection mm-hmm. against evil and 
And it just, that was the biggest thing. It's just when they headed off to college, we just really didn't worry about what they were going to do. <laughs> right. And you could see and, with, with Michelle, especially as she was going through uh, college and, and encountering focus and having that deep in prayer life, like there was this hunger for, for the conversion of souls that took root in her, right? I mean, that's something I know we've talked about this before. Uh, you just had this passion for the conversion of the world, really. Yeah, her, her evangelization, I mean, it just grew. Uh, she, she did so much reading different books. I mean, we have a whole library of books that mm-hmm. she, she had, and when we look in them, I mean, they're underlined and circled and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the, I mean, she really read them and, and absorbed them. And, <laughs> and the, she just, how she evangelized people, uh, just, uh, and, and that was her goal is to, like when she would meet somebody, I mean, that may be the only time yep. that that person could be saved or, right. you know, it's just, uh encounter Jesus. So she kind of learned how to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you talked about her being a focus missionary and for our listeners who, who don't know, you know, what focus stands for, it's fellowship of Catholic university students. It's an incredible program of peer to peer ministry of, uh, uh, Graduates who uh, they've graduated from college and they make uh, they discern I should say uh, through God's will uh, this mission work where they apply and they take two years of their life to go to a campus that they're assigned to they have no idea where they'll get assigned to mm-hmm. and they're open to where God will place them and they help to you know bring that program alive in the local Newman centers at their parish. Uh, or at, at their campus. So it's just an incredible program. And so, Marianne, tell us a little bit more about Michelle's experience with Focus as a, a missionary. Well, she was a missionary for six years. She spent two years at the University of Nebraska and in Kansas City. And, no, Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. One year, Lincoln. You've yeah. had so many Focus missionaries oh, in the, in the yes. family that it's hard to yes, keep track of who went where. Two daughters. Renee <laughs> also was a Focus missionary. Then she went to South Dakota State University for two years, two years at the University of South Dakota, and then her last year was at University of Mary in Bismarck. Um, following, discerning, always praying what the next step should be, she decided she should leave the FOCUS program, and uh, she wrote a letter to Bishop Kagan offering her services. It was the beginning year of him coming into the Bismarck Diocese, and she just said, I'd, I'd love to help you in any way I could. And she heard back right away from the bishop saying he was creating or had a position for her to be director of adult faith formation for mm. the Bismarck Diocese yeah. in 2014. Yeah, so we've, we've talked 13. a little bit about um, how you learned things af- even after her death about the way that she was impacting people. What, what, do you want to share a story or two about the ways that as a focused missionary— that that, the, unbeknownst to you, she was just really touching people and transforming lives. Well, we had so many visitors 
not only at the hospitals, they would come and, like I say, at times Michelle would be on a respirator or she, yeah, she would be in the surgery and they would come to visit from long distances. And, and then they would share a story about her, her experiences with them and how moved they were by her, her reaching out to them. And I'll never forget when she started um, her first assignment, her first year down in Kansas City, she, Lincoln, she, um, over Christmas break, she came home and she was really excited. She had gotten uh, a phone call that a dear friend that she had met on campus was in a car accident. Mm. And right away she said, please, please, we have to pray for this friend. And she... Um, she she just sent out the word all of, and this girl did survive the car accident and made a wonderful recovery but she had a long role mm. but Michelle was so close to her and then when they did a documentary about Michelle I found out how how moved this girl was in her in her life by having Michelle in it mm-hmm. yeah it's been i mean one story after another <laughs> it's so many so much- stories mm-hmm. so many stories yeah well, it, it's incredibly beautiful because, you know, it, the church gives us saints so that we can have examples of how to live our lives to become saints as well. So the church will recognize people as saints uh, through a long, arduous process, mm-hmm. of course, but it's so important for us to have the lives of the saints in our lives so that they give us an example on how we need to live and and be holy uh, sons and daughters of God. And so it's, it is vitally important. You know, as Catholics, we understand this. We should understand this. Um, but it's also important to be able to articulate that to people of other faiths. You know, it gives us an opportunity to talk about our faith and the importance of saints. And, mm-hmm. and it's no different than asking a friend to pray for us when we ask for intercessory prayer from a, a saint. Um, you know, there are our friends in heaven. Yep. And and so it, it's just really important. So we're going to go on another break. Uh, but when we get back, we're going to talk more about Michelle Dupong's story with her mom and dad, Ken and Mary Ann Dupong. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus told St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. 
In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are having an awesome conversation with my mother and father-in-law, Ken and Marianne Dupong. We're talking about uh, Michelle Dupong, whose cause for canonization was opened up uh, back in June. And it was... Uh, it, it was some something of a surprise but it was also we knew that there's all sorts of stuff going on like there's there's been so much stuff since uh michelle's passing and i want to get into that a little bit uh but uh, you know we've been kind of laying a little bit of the foundation of you know who she was as a young person and and how she was touched by the faith of the environment she grew up in the the family the the farm environment went off to college was influenced by the focus the fellowship of catholic university students when and became a focus missionary herself for six years and then she became the director of adult faith formation for the diocese of bismarck and started the the thirst conferences which take place in bismarck regularly the first thirst conference uh, had i think nine thousand people at it so what was that like for you uh ken uh, you know having your daughter light up this massive massive event in kind of i mean rural north dakota where where there's just i mean clearly the lord was working right well it uh just uh thinking back uh she was pretty much in control i mean i'd ask her things you know like are are you going to get all these speakers and oh yeah everything is mm-hmm. under control and it's just like i mean there was like scott hahn and edward Shree and just uh yeah, people which that we she had or people that we Bishop? there was a bishop yeah, yeah. Um, cardinal dolan Arch- cardinal dolan i think it's yeah. cardinal yeah. dolan yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyhow it's uh yeah she just seemed to not worry about it yeah. <laughs> and 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 uh, i couldn't really help her doing that stuff so yeah. <laughs> she prayed just, she prayed a lot she, and trusted god would Make it happen, right? Yeah. She it, never, she never cowered. I mean, she kind of always just went forward, no, with she, sort of confidence, and, right? And she like gave it everything. I mean, yeah. just like uh, there's no, no, uh, yeah, no stone left unturned. Yeah. She's yeah. just going to go for everything. <laughs> and, and I think Marianne, you said it best that she trusted in God, and that is truly the gift that saints in. Um, in salvation history have given us is how they've trusted in God in those difficult moments mm-hmm. um, when uh, things were maybe 
you know, or, or were, <laughs> quite literally, out of their control. And they had total trust in God. And that's what the love that um, the saints give us. That's yeah. the lesson that the saints give us. And so, tell us a, a little bit about when you were walking through Michelle's cancer diagnosis. Hmm. There again, that was such a shock, because mm-hmm. um, we were... She had not been feeling well in the fall of 2014, and she had gone to a medical doctor and explained her abdomen just kind of, just not, this doesn't feel so good. And then they thought, oh, there's flus going around, it's no big deal. And then by Thanksgiving time, she was in considerable pain, and she went in, they said, to do an ultrasound. They thought it was ovarian cyst, and that's not a big deal, that's not uncommon, they go away on their own. So um, come back in six weeks, but by the middle of uh, December of 2014, um, she had great difficulty in walking, and we knew she couldn't wait, and went back, and they said, okay, these these haven't, um, the cysts have not dissolved, so we're going to have to have surgery between Christmas and Thanksgiving, so they set it up. Um, When we took her in, it was supposed to be an outpatient procedure, and it turned out to be oh my gosh, we have found she has cancer throughout her whole abdomen, from front to back, side to side. Um, We're even afraid to biopsy it. We just don't know. So we're going to get another opinion. And then um, they admitted her to the hospital, and next thing we were going to mail for a second opinion down there, and they were at a loss. Things were... um, a lot of difficulties in getting the reports and stuff, and, and they just said, gave her two months to live. And so we were, me, being in the room with the doctor, when she, he is telling her this, I, I, I still remember looking at Michelle like, did she hear what he said? And, and she just, like, oh, you know. And I'm, <laughs> so I said, how long does she have to live? Two months. Um, she should go on hospice care. I'm pretty sure that's what they do. And and so I said, well, can we go somewhere else? And that's when I suggested mail. And they said, we can try that. But mm-hmm. So anyway, it was not a, a, a shaken response. And her, in, at least an outward appearance mm-hmm. of when I was in the room with her. And... She just, she didn't really even, like, what am I going to do? Why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. She she never questioned, why me? Mm-hmm. She always just took each day, each hour, and I'll tell you, tell you her suffering was immense. She had to go days, sometimes five days with really hardly anything at all for nutrition, even on the IV lines. There were days that she had so many tubes coming out of her body that there was no way to lay to be comfortable. She had tubes coming out of her rib, and one of the doctors said, this would be just like the crucifixion coming out of your Every breath that she would take, she would feel the sharp pains where the tubes were in. And so she couldn't lay on her side. She couldn't move. She just had to be in one position. It was so hard. 
so hard, tremendously hard that year. Yeah, especially as a mom. I can't imagine how difficult that had to be. And I get choked up on it, thinking about it. So, But her witness of patience and faith through that suffering had to impact so many people. Yes. I say God prepared us in that year in two special ways. Number one, at the beginning of her diagnosis and confirmation at Mayo, she got a call from her brother-in-law, Kyle Yeager, saying, Hey, Michelle, put on the YouTube, they are praying for you at the Focus Conference. The National Conference was going on, on in Orlando, and there were, I don't know Tens how many of thousands, thousands yeah. of yeah. people there praying for her. And um, after that session... After a bit, she she talked that Jesus spoke to her, and he told her that she would have to suffer. Well, her first question was, Lord, will you heal me from this? And then he said, yes, but first you will suffer. And then she said, well, will you heal me in this life or the next? And he said, in this life. So... Okay, some people have taken that, well, he didn't answer that prayer, but that's not true at all. The whole thing was that gave our family and her so much hope to endure every day, to go make it through that year. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. He's with us on this journey, da-da-da. So it was a huge, huge blessing in that regard. And, uh, well, the other thing, it's just... Michelle reached out to anyone because she didn't want the attention focused on her. Obviously, she's at a Cancer Treatment Center of America. She ended up at... Everyone has cancer. So why should I have the attention? So everyone she encountered, from a taxi driver to the laundry person to the to the dietary person to each medical person that attended to her, she would say, how's your day going, you know, and, and focused on them. Yeah. And, and they became so attached to her. They would come on their days off to see mm. Michelle. Mm. They would bring in their children to meet Michelle. Mm. They would bring in muffins and go home and make things and bring them to Michelle. Obviously, they just don't do that for everyone. Yeah. So she touched so many lives, and that year... And her other huge thing was the Caring Bridge site we set up. Mm-hmm. There were over 230,000 hits, I believe, on her Caring Bridge that year. People starting to hear the story and following. But I will note that Renee, her sister Renee, was the one that did most of the writing for the Caring Bridge site because Michelle was too sick, too weak, mm-hmm. and couldn't. But it was such a beautiful, um, if anyone reads that, you will see... All the, well, not all, I'm obviously we couldn't put everything down, sure. of, of a lot of the negative things that happened. We just couldn't record it. Mm-hmm. But you get a very much uh, a drift of how severely she suffered that year. But what a, a beautiful example of, you know, redemptive suffering mm-hmm. and, yeah. and yeah. how you can um, still be hopeful and joyful and uh, when you trust and, and hand it over to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ken, what was accompanying Michelle through all this? How, would, how did that impact you? 
both uh, you know as a dad and, and also in your relationship with the Lord? Well, <clears throat> we I was still back at the farm mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, there were so many times that uh, Marianne and Renee had to go down to the cancer treatment center or at the hospital in Bismarck. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it was it was tough to tough to take. I mean, just seeing what she was going through and and well at one point at the Mayo Clinic she came out of one of her tests and she said that that uh, Jesus told her he wants her in the garden with him and it was like <laughs> we know which garden that is it's a uh, agony anyhow uh, it was just it was it was comforting to know that she was with Jesus so much. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that—that's our only hope in the end. Mm-hmm. I mean that—that—that that, uh, that we know where we're going. I mean, that, or hope to go, right, right, <laughs> and to be with Him. And uh, it's just—it uh, was—it was, it was uh, a real tough year because just seeing what she was going through. Yeah, uh, it was hard to take. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but every cross does have a resurrection if mm-hmm. we entrust it to our Lord. And so on the other side of the break, we'll talk more about that and the opening up of the sainthood process, uh, you know, just about what Bishop Kagan has done. So we're with Ken and Mary Ann Dupong. And we're thankful that you have joined us on Real Presence Live this morning. Please stay tuned as we conclude this incredible story that uh, has happened in the Diocese of Bismarck, throughout North Dakota, throughout our listening area, and really throughout our world. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. 
I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for being with us here on Real Presence Live. I'm Brad Gray, joined by Janine Bitson. We are talking to Ken and Marianne Dupong, my mother and father-in-law, about their daughter Michelle's cause for canonization, being opened about her life and the witness that she has borne to Jesus, The, the really kind of the... Remarkable inspiration in, in terms of an ordinary life lived with a singular focus, a uh, focus on Jesus. And, and Marianne, you had talked about how Michelle had, at the beginning of her diagnosis with cancer, and this year-long battle that she had that really was kind of a progressive taking away from her everything, everything. Because uh, she was nearing uh, getting engaged, looking at the possibility of being married, being a mother, and having okay, now your fertility is gone. Having, you know, now you're not going to be able to uh, digest food any longer. It's just like one thing after another over the course of the year. And it was just, a, it, was, it was a really extraordinarily grueling year. And, um, and we're kind of operating on this belief that Michelle's going to be, she's going to be healed. And I think it might have even been a, a month before her passing that she had confided with, I think, some sisters. I don't remember the details of the story about how she was going to pass. She she had an awareness. Um, but there eventually became this realization that Jesus was absolutely true in saying that she's going to be healed. But the healing that we were anticipating was not the one that he had in mind. That it was the healing, the deeper healing, the healing of sin. So that as we were all gathered there at, at your house... In her uh, by her bedside on Christmas night of 2015, and watched her breathe her last. There was the realization that this whole last year has been about healing her of the sinful nature that every one of us is born with, and that she was intended to be a witness to that. And then, as has happened so many times since her passing, and I know we don't have time to get into all the stories. Um, Michelle actually appeared to my wife, Lisa, her older sister, that night, uh, Christmas night into the next morning. And she said, it's so beautiful here, Lise. And was essentially communicating uh, to, to her sister that she's in the glory of God. Um, and that she had <laughs> the most profound healing that any of us can receive. And so, there was that resurrection that Janine was talking about yeah. going into the break. and. I mean, precisely that's the thing that I think the church is recognizing. That's the thing that the Lord is drawing forth. Is like, this is, this is a young woman whose life made sense in terms of all of, her, all of her goals, all of her orientations were focused on that one solitary point of the love of Jesus. Receiving it and, and extending it to others. And so, uh, the Lord has called forth. The, the opening of the cause for canonization of Michelle back in June. What was that like for you, Marianne, uh, 
when when this was because you didn't see that coming necessarily, did you? Um, we weren't notified, so to speak, that it was going to happen. Uh, so it was shocking when we got a call from Monsignor Shea that he was coming with um, a good share of missionaries that were attending the training workshop this spring or in June at the University of Mary. But it wasn't a shock that it would happen in regard that from the day Michelle died and the cards started coming in and the stories of people sharing how she impacted her life, they were so amazing. And I, in fact, there were, I know there were over 500 cards, and I started setting away special letters and cards and notes just because they were so profound of, of total um, impact on, on people's lives. So um, we were asked uh, in two thousand two years ago, Focus came out and asked if they could do a documentary on Michelle's Live to use as an evangelization tool. And uh, they did complete that, and they had interviews, I think, for almost 30, 35 people. COVID was going on. There were a lot of key people they couldn't contact. But of those they did, they put together a documentary, and uh, they had the first showing of it at the University of Mary in June. Following the training, that's when Bishop Kagan made the announcement at the Great Commissioning Mass that they were opening up the canonization cause. And he had seen the documentary, so he was aware of of what the focus um, group were working on. But um, it's, it's... all the stories, all the miracles that we have already heard from mm-hmm. people that, like, this is not an ordinary passing of another good person. She had extraordinary, um, people have seen her, they have heard her, they have, she, they know, they feel her presence, mm-hmm. and I don't. God's just working through her. And I can't, you know, it's something we never would have fathomed. This would happen to our daughter. We don't want to take, uh, we're humble. We're yeah. humble to be a part of this journey. But yet we have great joy. I'm grateful that I'm even here to witness it because I almost died last year from COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had often wondered, I hope the story isn't lost because it is profound. So I'm grateful that the cause was opened in my lifetime. At least I know that that was initiated. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And the whole process of canonization, it can be a very long and difficult process. But the most important part of that process is to pray for intercession. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember there was a process for a, a gentleman for be, that was opened up for beatification. Um, and uh, our family friend at St. John's, a priest there, recommended that my mother-in-law pray through his intercession and solely his intercession. And she was miraculously cured and is the miracle for the beatification of Blessed Columba Marmion. So, to our listeners, it's so important that, you know, pray for Michelle's intercession, and and then 
make sure you talk to the Diocese of Bismarck and let them know of those stories, um, whether past or new or uh, future. You know, um, it's just so important because you need a miracle for the beatification. You need a second miracle for the canonization. And I have three huge volumes from the Vatican that show that investigation of my mother-in-law's miracle. And so it is, the church takes this very seriously and very, you know, it it doesn't happen overnight. Um, So please be praying for her beatification. Please be praying for her intercession. And please notify Bishop Kagan in the Diocese of Bismarck if there are any of these stories Mm -hmm. associated to Michelle. Yeah, I think um, maybe what we'll do is we'll take a quick uh, preview of the next show and then just kind of give final comments on the other side of that. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday 9 to 11 a.m. Central, our hosts are Kathleen Kovrick from the Terra Santa Retreat Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. Shalvan Paul Quinn to talk about hunting, golfing, fishing, and who it is for. Also, Robert Satter to talk about the Cavalier, a weekend celebrating Catholic education. All that and much more on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Awesome. So, Ken, um, any any final thoughts or, or encouragements for people that, with regard to Michelle's life and how, how they might be touched by her? Well, I just want to throw out that uh, she was an ordinary person, pretty mm-hmm. much, uh, came from a farm life and and everyone is capable of becoming a saint. Yes. And that's the only way you get to heaven. Everybody has to be a saint to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's just, it's just. Uh, I think Jesus is showing us that he can uh, pick out ordinary people and, and make extraordinary things done with them. Amen. So, mm-hmm. Amen. Marianne, any final thoughts? Um, no, I guess if anyone wants to learn more about Michelle's uh, journey, again, the CaringBridge site is still up if you search her name. If you um, get a chance to go to the Focus Conference in 2023 in St. Louis, the first week of January, they will be showing the documentary there. I believe after that, it'll be accessible online as an evangelization tool, and that's why they created it. And um, I just, again, didn't want to make people aware this Michelle would want to bring more souls to Jesus. It isn't Mm -hmm. about bringing attention to her. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I I think that's that's been her focus all along, that that she wants to... um, to bring people to the healing love of Christ. And that's what we've been seeing over and over and over again. And, and that's what it means to live a saintly life, a holy and venerable life that can lead to, like you said, Ken, you know, we all need to become saints. It's, uh, we're all called to be saints. And the church recognizes holy people yeah. for the reason that it helps give us an example how to live our lives to do the same thing. So you put it best, ordinary lives doing extraordinary things. Yeah. And we're, we're thankful to God for you bringing your daughter into the world. Yeah. And I thank you both thank for you. being with us this morning. Thanks for, for letting us be here. Oh. Thank you. We're too As short Michelle of time. would say, praise be Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.
All right. Well, let's close with a quick glory be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son, Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.